this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm Anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor's going to distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.com. FM to get started. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Hey, everybody, it's Lauren Kling back with you for another episode of the AfterBuzz TV After Show for Tales from the Loop. Today, we're talking about episode three called uh, Stasis. I am not here by myself, I am joined by my uh, cohort, Kevin Allen. How you doing, Kevin? I'm doing great. Thank you. Yourself? Uh, doing pretty good. Loving this show. Good. And then we also, yeah. we, have a, we have a special guest today. Joining us all the way from Winnipeg, Canada, is Lauren D. Martin, who's the background costume designer for all but one episode of Tales from the Loop. And so we are excited to have you. Welcome, Lauren. Hi. Nice to be here. Thank you for joining us. So uh, feel free to jump in with anything you want to share about the show and anything you're not supposed to say. Be sure you tell us so then we can be like, ooh, there's something we're supposed to know. Because even by not saying something, you're saying something, not to put you on the spot. But uh, (laughs) let's start. Let's start with overall thoughts. Kevin, what did you think about this episode? This is what the one with May, the teenage girl who's yes. able to stop time. What do you think of the episode? Um, I thought it was a great twist on the clock stopper premise. I've seen a lot of that in sci-fi. This is a classic Twilight Zone episode. And to, there were moments in the show I thought we were going to steer that way. But as I should learn by now, this program does not follow those tropes. And it becomes more about the human relationship within it and just the overall experience of what if you could stop time? Not about like, wouldn't it be weird if someone else stopped time it really imposed that feeling of um of stillness and longevity and to the point where i i I couldn't really figure out what the show was trying to say or what it was getting at and i finally i think occurred at the end it's no it's just about giving me that feeling that she describes at the top of the episode yeah yeah and it's it's funny because you've mentioned that you have a philosophy background and You've also yeah. reminded me many times that it's it's fruitless to try to look to look into the episode. So it sounds mm-hmm. like again, you kind of realized it's less than what you were trying to create, 
or what you were trying to think it was? Yeah, I, I mean, it's just as an avid TV watcher, I think I'm so used to plot and the way plot progression works. And the show isn't about the plot. Uh, yeah. It's about <laughs> character relation and it's about um, just kind of one's relationship with these abstract concepts such as time and uh, how we relate to it, which I something I've even said before on this program, <laughs> but for some reason just hasn't sunken in with my own. I'm not practicing what I preach yet. Right. Lauren, are you, uh, did you watch the, the show? Have you seen every oh, episode? Oh, yeah. You have. Yeah, I are binged you, it all right away. <laughs> you did. Are you a fan of sci-fi? Uh, some, some sci-fi, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so Kevin and I have, and I don't know if he's spoken to you, but Kevin and I have kind of um, found this new way of watching a TV show where it's really not about the technology or figuring anything out. It's just about, these moments, these relationships with people, did you find it difficult to try to comprehend these episodes? I think at first, when I first read the script, I was kind of struggling with like, well, is that going to get tied in here? And how does that come? But then you just kind of like realize it's a, it's more like a feeling. The show mm -hmm. is more like kind of a vibe and, a, and just these stories about people. You don't have to know all the ins and outs. You don't have to have things tied up. You don't have to have explanations they just kind of let you be creative with yourself and your own imagination and I really liked that about this show cool so once we're done with the breakdown I'm excited to talk to you about how a costume designer goes about putting clothes on people because I mentioned in the first episode to Kevin I'm like hey did you notice that I was it Cole was oh. wearing like a, a, a powder blue jacket with similar colors. There were a couple of secondary colors. And I'm like, wait a minute, the robot has the similar colors. So I'm- We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Excited to talk about if what I said was crazy or if I was actually right. <laughs> I can't answer that. We had a different costume designer for the first episode. The, I have no idea yeah. if that was so intentional. It's a mystery we may <laughs> never know. All right, Sorry. we're creating new mysteries. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we've it's got so May. Fits you like that. It's so yeah. good. <laughs> so we've got May and Jacob together in various scenes at the top of the show. Again, we're wondering mm -hmm. is Jacob Jacob or Jacob is Danny? So it's, Danny. it's Jacob, is Danny. Jacob Danny, right? Yeah. We haven't really come up with a way to describe him yet. Um, she finds a thermos, what I thought was a thermos, and I thought she was going to fill it with water, but no, it's got an on off switch on it. Uh, she meets Ethan at a bar at a wedding. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, basically most of the episode is May, well, a little bit May trying to figure out what the thermos does, mm -hmm. turns on the switch, and then most of the episode is her and Ethan on a very long date. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so for this very long date, how did we think the date went? Was that the longest date in the world? Or did it seem like time flashed by, at least for them, if not for us? I don't think it flashed by for them. I think that was no. kind of the, the point they were getting at with her opening monologue and the whole reason they wanted to do this is 
they wanted to stretch out a single moment as far as it possibly could. Um, when they were in bed together, I think they were chit-chatting and he asked like, how long have we been doing this? And yeah. uh, a month, and she goes, oh, probably yeah. longer. And then someone pointed out that they haven't had night in however long oh. this has been. So there's no way of knowing mm, uh, right. how long it's been for them. So yeah, again, just, it's-, it's mm -hmm. They sleep when they're tired, they eat when they're hungry and other stuff. So no one around to answer to. It's kind of, kind of like being in quarantine, I guess. But <laughs> more fun, I think. <laughs> yeah, what it's it's interesting that uh, that you don't see night at all, and so it's difficult to break down. Well, how does this work? Again, that's the way my mind works. I want to know how this thermos on/off switch works. It just stops time and turns yeah. it back on. Now they both have bracelets, mm -hmm. which seems to mm -hmm. make them uh, not be in this stuck time yeah. uh, right yeah and then there's a point where uh the device is broken so they're looking for a way to fix it or replace a part like a fuel cell is what i was thinking it's like a battery or like a like a spark plug okay essentially it was the idea yeah and In the script anyway from my right. memory yeah. Well, good. See, and you have insight <laughs> because when words are on paper in a script, you know what the writer's intention is. But yeah. when we're watching it, we're interpreting it in our own way. Yeah. So, all right. See, if I can't figure out how it's going to work, Lauren is here to be our expert. <laughs> she as saw much as I can. The, the written <laughs> word. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's a point where the device is broken. They can't turn it off. They arrive yeah. at the home. Right. What was interesting about that scene for me was uh, they, they've been enjoying exactly what they wanted this whole time. They've been living in this singular moment at, where time does not affect them. It has no effect on their behaviors or it doesn't get in the way of their, their goals. Um, and then they started to talk about their experience. And Danny started to bring up, not Danny, gosh. Sorry. <laughs> Jacob. I know, Ethan, thank you. Oh, Ethan. So I'm so used to talking about Danny from the last episode and trying yeah. to say that name so many times to clarify who I'm, yeah. which Danny. Anyway, Ethan um, started talking about like, what do we do after? And he yeah. started living in the future and that he wasn't in this moment anymore. He was thinking about uh, the next one yeah. and started asking her questions and wanting things to be more definitive rather than just living in the now and experiencing life as it's happening to them. And that's where everything started to fall apart and they both wanted yeah. to get out of this moment. And now that they want out of the moment, they can't. And it's, I, it's just such a... I don't, uh, know like, that I don't know if she wanted to get out of the moment. I think she was like hurt that he wanted to get out of the moment. Like she was, she was happy well, yes. there. No, yeah. I absolutely agree with that. But he, I feel like he spoiled the moment and it wasn't, Yes. That same moment stretched out over a month anymore. It was this new, like, even though time had stopped, that the feeling that she kept describing in the beginning, you could hold on to a feeling and just live in that, yeah. that it ended. It was, and this, I felt like they were, the show was about prolonging the inevitable, that they were trying to not have to deal with a moment or a feeling ending. That's what she was talking about with her narrative narration at the top of the monologue. And even though they had managed to physically do that, do the impossible task of stretching out an entire moment as long as they wanted, it still ended. And now yeah. they're stuck 
in this new moment of of heartache and hurt and feeling betrayed because he what he might leave her alone now and and so she went about it that moment yeah well even at, like when she's trying to like talk to him on the pier when he's like looking out and she doesn't realize he's taken off the bracelet because he promised he wouldn't he promised he wouldn't leave and like I remember reading the script and being like why don't you repeat yourself like why don't you tell him once you turned it back on but she was so hurt by the fact that he did in fact abandon her when she has these abandonment and like loneliness issues that I guess I think it was too far at that point so in yeah. in my opinion like just how it was played out yeah yeah I, and I think that's right and going off that there's you know she told Ethan that she's hurt because he said he felt stuck there she was scared that he was going to leave and seeing her mom in the situation with another man was that abandonment issue mm-hmm. yeah and, and that was very interesting because I'm watching the episode and my computer screen's a little dark and I'm like, wait, where are they? Who is that? And I couldn't Mm -hmm. tell who she discovered. Ethan didn't realize it was her mom. So it was interesting what he said. He said, nice, they're in love. They communicate through secret messages left by the lighthouse. So he had, I guess, apparently seen them communicate over time. No, so they had this little game that you might have noticed uh, when they were in the cemetery and stuff where they would like make up stories about other people they saw. And then when they froze other people, they were like making up stories about, I don't know how much of that actually got on camera, but I know there was a bit more when we were shooting where they would like going through the school and they're making up stories about like the people that are frozen. And then they did that in the cemetery before everything froze. And so they kind of had this like little riff where they would like, make up a storyline mm. about the people I, it might have just been a coincidence <laughs> if it was so heady happen. though yeah because that's how the show got created was someone saw a tableau and went i'm gonna make up a story for what happened here yeah now exactly. they're doing i keep thinking of this as like imagine watching an episode of you know a bob ross episode where he's making a drawing and then an yeah. entire series is created out of that one image yeah and and you think it's such a herculean task to take a frozen moment in time and stretch it out. And that's what all of these episodes are doing. Yeah. Like they did such a good job matching up the artwork with the visuals on screen. I was just really impressed with how it all turned out. It was so good. Now I wanted to know if you guys caught when they were first stealing the spark plug and Ethan had gone up to distract the guy. And then he got all awkward when May walked up. Did you catch that? I caught that. Yes, I yeah. did. Um, nope. I did. I did. I didn't know what that meant, but you know, the only thing I can think is he'll be in another episode. We'll yeah. get to see, and, and so that's kind of the only clue we have to these new characters is they most likely are intertwined. Now, at the beginning of the episode, it's a you little guys... intertwined in this one. Hey, oh, yes. Oh, boy. All right. <laughs> Did you guys notice that uh, in May's room, the Jacob's drawing was on her wall next to her mirror? Okay. I did. So. She's very much still in a relationship with Jacob, which yeah. you know, Danny is also he's very aware of. From the, from the first moment they freeze the thing, he comes across Jacob and does this thing to him. Yeah, and he's like, "Okay, cool. Well, if your boyfriend's not in the picture anymore, then we can be together." And I think he—that's why he brought up that conversation about what will we do when they're done, because he really 
doesn't want Jacob in the picture anymore. They've they've had a, a very a longer relationship now than than yes. Maeve had with Jacob. So he just assumes that it will continue when things go back to normal. Well, and yeah. she has said, I love you back. Like J- Jacob Danny had said he loved May when they were making out in the beginning and she didn't say it back. And you could tell that she was kind of like, oh, uh, <laughs> but then later when he, she's teaching him, I don't know what language Chinese. it is. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's Chinese. Yeah, Chinese. I don't know which right. version. Yeah. Uh, and right, then he, but- you know she he says i love you to her like not just trying to repeat it back but he says it and she says it back so they're clearly more in tune with each other then and i think i don't think they say it in the show at all but they did in the script how she kind of was like he's changed a little bit from before he asked her out like she kind of liked like this kind of introverted soft-spoken sweet guy and then his personality had changed when they started going out but she doesn't know that it's Danny in there so yeah there's that interesting (laughs) I think the episode could be uh shortened to one line that the father says uh May is with her father near the end and he says sometimes things are special because they don't last so Mm -hmm. I immediately was thinking he was talking about he and his wife yeah I think so too I think they know that they're just like going through the paces at this point yeah like yeah so uh great observation yeah and then lastly did you either of you notice the town movie theater marquee i noticed it's changed oh no i didn't the episodes i don't remember what they are in the previous episodes but this is not a one viewing series i'm quickly learning it said missing that was what was on the movie marquee okay so gonna have to go back and see what the marquee says so any last thoughts about this episode before we jump in a special segment well i thought it was a really nice touch i guess um towards so that once they've popped back into time um they cross paths on the street i'm assuming it was the same street like, why don't yes. we do it in the road and <laughs> they just kind of had an extended moment for even though time was still moving, they shared a look that seemed to go on for quite some time. They didn't change their expressions or move at all. It was just, they got lost again in their own time. Well, Um, she says that too, right? Like she said that after they had their first in the middle of the road there and she mm. got up on top of the truck and then she says every time we pass this spot on the road we'll know we had this moment here so that's nice yes so i thought <laughs> i definitely thought this glance toward each other was inspired by that like they, they you know they just happen to show up at that spot at the same time and they're, so it's definitely both in their minds but what i what i liked about the direction of the show um from the dear little walsh is that they kind of got lost in time again just for Mm -hmm. a bit Um, and then she snaps out of it and he goes chasing her and they they catch back up and go through their final confrontation but it was it was neat to see because like again i was trying to figure out like what's what's the show saying here and they both started off in this relationship and kept thinking about what it could be in the future. And then they got to be in it. And now they're living in that moment. And then they started to think about the future again. And now they're in a position where they're thinking about the past and they're living in the past moment they had. Um, but for that brief moment on the street, I'm saying the word moment a lot, 
<laughs> uh, they were just once again in, present with each other yeah. and, and stretching that out. So yeah. I thought that was a neat little touch. Well, cool. All right, so let's move on to our special segment. We're gonna we uh, got the word we're gonna be able to extend this episode after show a little bit, so we can Dang. have time to talk to Lauren. So the special segment I came up with is TV shows, movies, books, and other things that deal with stopping time, strictly mm -hmm. with stopping time. And you guys had mentioned a few before. One of those, one of my favorites, is the Twilight Zone episode from 1963 called "A Kind of Stopwatch," and that yeah. was where the guy in the 1940s kind of talks a lot, finds a drunk man who, who gives him a stopwatch, who's able to stop time, decides to rob a bank, breaks the stopwatch, and now he's stuck where he can't talk to anybody. <laughs> when so, their thermos was broken, I, my mind immediately went to that image of him holding up the broken stopwatch. And it was yeah. like, oh, they're doing, they're doing the Twilight Zone episode. Right. And it's funny, my immediate reaction was, wait, Burgess Meredith. No, he's not in this one. <laughs> That's the library <laughs> no. books. Yeah. So um, uh, also, Friday the 13th, the TV series from 1988, Bernard's Watch, a British TV show in the 90s and 00s, Clock Stoppers. I think, Kevin, you had mentioned that movie. I haven't seen it before. I honestly, I haven't seen the movie either. It's about, as far as I can recall, two teenage. Lauren, have you seen this? <laughs> No. Okay. Well, I think it's about uh, two teenagers who get uh, like a pretty amazing technologically advanced wristwatch that helps them freeze time so that they can move freely throughout it. And ever since that movie came out, at least um, in, I guess, my generation of filmmakers, I've heard people use the phrase clock stoppers just to refer to any moment in film, whether it's like a speedster, like in, um, X-Men first class, they run so fast that time stands still. Or what we saw in this episode where time has stopped and people can move throughout it. Just yeah. calling it, oh, it's a clock stopper. That's their power. Now there was a, a Twilight Zone episode from the 80s that dealt with somebody who was able to jump out of normal time. And every minute of time was constantly being rebuilt. So what was interesting is this person could go into a room and see that they were manipulating a person and moving the body and that once the time, once time approached that time period, all the workers would disappear, that time would go live and the workers had moved on to basically reset people again. It's, <laughs> it's hard to explain. One oh, of my favorite okay. episodes. Because I've seen things like, I think Futurama did it. I know The Simpsons did it for like a Treehouse yeah. of Horror um, yeah. where the kids were stuck in time. So they just started rearranging the people to make tableaus and just to have fun with screwing with the town. And then when everything finally like started back up again, everyone was in chaos because they blipped to a whole new location in the middle of their actions. Um, and then like all clock stoppers, our team does, they don't do it with people, but they start taking stuff. Like it's only a matter of time before a clock stoppers plot ends with, okay, we filled up a shopping cart with things and we're yeah. just gonna take it all. Buy me a new outfit and shoot a bow and arrow, which yeah. I don't know how that works. <laughs> like when they were riding on the motorcycle, I was like, how, what are the physics of this? Does the thing just explode because well, of thermodynamics or what? <laughs> I think because yes. they're physically touching the motorcycle, that to me makes sense. I, I have the nothing to extend. say about the bow and arrow. Yeah, see Kevin, you're trying <laughs> to figure it out. 
I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll stop. We should have an alarm that goes off trying to figure it out. One more I wanted to talk about. There was a 1980 movie, probably a TV movie called The Girl, The Gold Watch and Everything, based on a novel by John T. D. McDonald, um, where uh, that talks about this. It stars Robert Hayes, who starred in the movie Airplane. I'm already on board with that. And Pam Dauber from Mork and Mindy. Oh. And so, of course, that sounds like a perfect TV movie. Um, but, um, but even John D. McDonald's story is based on, possibly based on stories from the 1940s and then going back to H.G. Wells. So, all right, we could go on forever with this yeah. special yeah. No, segment it's, just it's talking. It's a long-running premise. Yeah. Well, isn't is. there... Oh, I can't. I'm blanking on the name of the show. It's it's an adults cartoon. It's like a little guy with his uncle who's a scientist. Rick and oh, Morty. Rick and Morty. That's it. Because they did one like that too. Oh. And, and they're like, "Summer, you were supposed trope. to put the mattress off somebody falling off the roof, and they, she didn't do it when they reset time." So. Oh yeah, I'm still amazed <laughs> how much deep dive they go on that show into <laughs> philosophical issues. Yeah. It's like the good place, but only weirder and yeah. <laughs> dirtier and stranger. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Well, that is our special segment. And so we've still got some time. So I'm going to pass it off to Kevin. If you want to lead the conversation with Lauren. Um, yeah. I'd love and, to uh, hear more. While we do that, I did find this was a hard episode to find the artwork, which inspired the episode. But I found I found the van that or the the heating device cooling that tower? his it wasn't the cooling towers the three in the back but the the thing right. that the repairman was working on this heating right. induction equipment i found yeah. the painting with that and hopefully we'll get that up on the screen and then just a few others that i think or one other i think might have expired the being two people being lost in time and then a third one that i just hadn't shared from previous episodes of the uh the mcep itself but so those are on the screen while we talk with oh. lauren um, so you had a, probably a, there was more background, I think in this episode than has been in previous episodes. Yeah. They were also up close. Like yeah. they weren't really in the background. We got real close to some of these. Very uh, close. So how did that <laughs> yeah. change, uh, your approach? Well, between uh, this episode and like all the others you did. Well, the, we did that wedding scene and we actually dressed like 60 people there was bridesmaids and groomsmen and you don't see any of it like they're in there but it's quite like the overtone of the show's got kind of a like a dark filter on it so mm -hmm. um it's it's tricky because their whole thing with the show was that it's set in like ish 1982 but it looks more like 1978 eastern european and if you saw it walking down the street you couldn't clock it and there can't be any bright colors whites blacks anything too dark that would read like black with the filter on or anything that would look too white even if it's like beige so that made it tricky when you've got like an entire building full of rental costumes that are all like 70s clothes with all these like butterfly lapels and bright patterns and stuff so like we would get a a, a load of rentals in and we would just go I would just go through and pull all the stuff out I thought we couldn't use and then my costume designer boss joseph lacourt who's amazing he would go through and then make sure that that was the right decision and if there was like one or two things that he was like well we could maybe use this he would pull it out and then the real problem is is because all these people are in stasis frozen they can't 
the clothes can't billow. So we were shooting in Morden in this town in May, uh, in the middle of May. And there's like, you know, it's kind of windy out and stuff. Nothing can billow. Mm. And we can't alter anything because it's all rental costumes. So you can't oh, man. put starches or wires or, and who has the time for that? Like you're dressing a hundred people and everybody's pre-fit and everybody's approved before like we even the shoot that shoot day. So like it goes through many layers. Like I, I, we, I do the fittings with my team. Then we print it all out. My boss goes through it and he picks his favorites. And then that goes through the director and the showrunner and everything. So it's like, I have an illusion of power, but there's no actual I, I assume that for some of the close-up shots of some of the actors, the backgrounds and featured background, that it was, uh, it was a visual effects, that maybe no. it was green screen. So, oh, wow. So yeah, like that was the a guy- lot of people holding <laughs> wow. very still. Wow. There was, sometimes there'd be like a little bit gusty and we just kind of waited out and then the gusting kind of went away. We would shoot so that, and there was a lot of hair product, like a lot of hair product in their hair. So- and um, there was little <laughs> tricks to, to stop them from getting too fatigued from holding things that I don't think I'm technically allowed to say what it was. But they, we did make sure that the actors or the background performers were were comfortable and 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 not just like stuck holding themselves in a position for hours on end so there was a shot that's now in my mind uh i think toward the end of their experience because she was looking for uh ethan she runs back down the street and she kind of stands just behind this man on a bicycle mm-hmm. yes wearing uh the straw a wicker hat, hat. Yeah, yeah straw hat and the, the the shot is panning over him like this, which is not something I've seen a lot of people do. I've seen like, we're going to go around their face a lot. Uh, and that technology used for video games and everything. Mm-hmm. But there's something about this shot. And I'm like, and the guy's balancing the bicycle and he's got this flimsy hat that's somehow perfectly placed on his head. And considering that wind is involved, like that must've been a nightmare. Well, I think that day it was like, I don't know how you guys measure wind, but it was 20 kilometers an hour gusting to 30. And we're in the prairies. So it's kind of hard, but it is like in the middle of a street with a lot of buildings. It wasn't too bad. It was actually a surprisingly warm day. It was like mid sixties, but when the sun is out, it's, it feels more like, uh, like 70 ish. So it wasn't too bad. It was actually pretty nice, but yeah, just like trying to get the clothes. There was a lot of double-sided tape. Let me say that a lot okay. of top stick, like so much oh, double-sided man. and constantly, like every time they'd yell cut, you'd go in and you restick it and you put fresh tape on because they have to move. They have to like release their position so they don't get cramps and stuff. And then you have to reset them. So we took a lot of pictures, like at a team of like, I want to say five people with me that day, just for me, not for the whole costume department. And then, yeah, it was, I, those background performers were troopers, I'll tell you. (laughs) But it looked great. Like I remember the first day we were shooting at the school and we're watching the monitors and we're watching them weave through everybody like not moving. And it's just, it was really impressive because I don't think I could do that. So no, it's very impressive. And to think there's like an army behind that making it happen. Of, of course there is. Right. Yeah. Well, and then people would pick up like a skirt or a dress when we were doing fittings and I'd be like too billowy or there'd be like a tie on the neck of a blouse. No, that's like that can flutter in the wind. Like you had to think of not only the regular stuff that we have to do when we're costuming the show but the logistics of the fact that it can't billow. So there's like a lot of corduroy, denim, heavier fabrics, thick polyesters and stuff so that it's not really 
flowy. Yeah, I, I would have thought of that. <laughs> yeah, I have yeah. a question, uh, Lauren. Did did uh, were you tasked with reading any books or movies or TV shows, maybe from the time period? I I keep thinking. Yeah like East German, back when there was East Germany, West Germany, that kind of cold, concrete, muted colors. Yeah, my boss would send us links. There was a wedding scene and a funeral scene from, oh my God, I've completely forgotten the movie, but it was set in like 1978. And he's like, I want this vibe. So he'd like send it to us and we would all watch it. And then you do your best to make that happen. But then you see the wedding and you don't really see <laughs> yeah there's a there's a lot of work that goes in i'm always fascinated with um stranger things you know the last mm. season had took place a lot in the shopping mall and yeah. when i heard a podcast about how they had recreated all of the stores not just the exteriors but inside they put labels on the shirts and recreated the stores just in case they wanted to film inside any oh one of the God. stores and oh all God. of that work yeah. we would have never ever seen, yeah. unless we were in on set. Yeah, no, that I remember that came out while we were working on Tales from the Loop, and my um, boss knew the designer, and so we had watched it. Like everybody'd gone home on the weekend and watched it, and it was like I remember seeing those scenes and just like of the mall with all the people and just being like, oh God. <laughs> well, and and your team. <laughs> had a, the more difficult challenge, because I, I read in an interview um, with Nathaniel Halper and the showrunner saying that they weren't going to have like pop culture references to help set the tone oh. of 80s. So like there's no Star Wars or Michael Jackson or anything. Or music. So all, yeah. Yeah. So there's no E.T. The, <laughs> everything has to be on top of everything you've already described. It all has to be super generic as well. Yeah, because it's like almost like it's, I would say, like an alternate universe, right? Where yeah. this loop is in this alternate universe. So they didn't want to like do anything too on the nose. You will see in a later one that there'll be like a slight pop culture reference, maybe the last episode, but that's that's it. Like, I yeah, they, they kept it pretty uh, nondescript. Like, like my boss said, if you saw it walking down the street, you wouldn't be able to clock that it's period. And that's, we tried very hard to keep that in mind. Wow. Um, and then there was like tricky things. Like when we were shooting outside the school, there's like that montage of, uh, of May and Ethan kind of like, as they're falling in love throughout the month being you know, in stasis. And she's mm. walking backwards past the chain link fence with a bag of groceries. So there was yeah. a scene there that they cut out and I completely understand why it was this really sweet couple. It was a real couple, um, young couple that would pass for teenagers that were embraced. They were frozen in an embrace in the middle of the schoolyard. But on the day we were shooting, it was very windy. It, we're in the prairies. It's in the middle of a field. It was um, the sun was hitting her right in the eyes and the oh, wind was facing God. her. And they're trying to get her not to blink because May is supposed to be keeping eye contact with her. But it like... Uh, I remember my assistant TJ and I were both standing there like just don't blink just and we were trying to keep our eyes open and our backs were to the sun and the wind and like by the time they would cut I had tears streaming down my face there's just no, no way like it was just wow so they didn't use that poor girl <laughs> they didn't use that scene but like there's like just some logistics that just don't work right so well the fact that you guys didn't use technology to make this happen that everyone just did it that yes that's a feat wow. in itself yeah 
Wow. Thank you. Well, so <laughs> as we wrap up this episode, thank you, Lauren, so much for giving insight. You have the benefit of having watched the entire season. Mm-hmm. So I'm staring at you trying to see if I can tell how the season goes. Um, <laughs> Kevin, do you have any predictions for future no, episodes? Man. No. We, <laughs> the, um, I, I mean, I feel like we're going to maybe see I, I would love to see more episodes like uh, this one in which we've got those familiar sci-fi stories, but we look at them deeper or in a more earnest way. Um, I, I just love what this series is doing for sci-fi. But as, as far as plot and stuff goes, <laughs> no, man. Uh, and every time I meet a new character, like the, the repairman, I'm like, okay, so are we going to learn about him next time? Or you know, who, yeah. who's next for these yeah. stories? So. Well, and some sometimes the side characters you meet in one episode are just a segue into another character, and that person's still a peripheral person on the right, show. Right, like Jacob. But you're, yeah. yeah, Jacob at the wedding was just a guy in the background. You kind of he spilled a water to get um, May to leave the table to go and meet Ethan at the bar. So. Yeah, exactly. Well, and like the guy that was fixing the cooling, whatever it was, that that thing where they stole the the part um he is i think it's not the next episode but maybe the one after that but he's he works with uh um wait you're not spoiling anything are you no no he works with it's in you've seen you've seen it previously so he works with danny's uh father and the episode but you see that guy again but as danny's co-worker not as a story about him so interesting all right danny's father's co-worker yeah well, with that, thank you very much again. Uh, Kevin, where can we find you online if we have questions? Uh, you can find me at Kevin Allen Says on Twitter and Kevin Allen Graham on Instagram. And awesome. Lauren, is there a way that people can find you on Instagram or a way to see some of the work you've done? Um, I'm just Costumer Chicks, C-H-X, C-O-S-T-U-M-E-R-C-H-X on Instagram. And that's pretty much it. Perfect, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and you can find me uh, at Lauren Kling, L-O-R-E-N-K-L-I-N-G. And also, if you guys are watching the show and you're watching us on YouTube, leave comments. I have been trying to answer, but you guys bring up such great questions that I'm like, I don't know. Uh, so we're trying to figure it out together. If you're listening to us <laughs> on our podcast version, give us a five-star rating. Uh, leave us some wonderful reviews. Let us know what you think and follow us. Uh, with that, all of us from After Buzz TV, thank you for uh, watching. We'll see you very soon tonight. We're going to do uh, two more episode after shows for four and five. So come back this evening. But anyway, thank you very much, everybody. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.